0: Hey, good afternoon, everybody. It is Saturday, January 1st. Happy New Year. This is Anything Goes Podcast. Let's get it. Hey, everybody. Happy New Year. It is 2022. Welcome back to the show or welcome to the show, whatever is your situation. To kick this off, this is going to be the beginning of season two. This is episode one of Anything Goes Podcast. Uh, We haven't been at it for quite a year, but I figured let's just make it easier and we'll start the new season on the first day of the new year. Uh, March is actually our one year anniversary, but we're going to go ahead and uh, make this season two, episode one. Having said that, I want to thank everybody who listens to the show and everybody who shares the link to the show with their friends, family, uh, whoever. Don't even have to be friends or family. Sometimes we just share it with everybody. Um, With that said, my goal for this year is to increase obviously the size of the show. So continue sharing that link. Let's get more people in here. Um, this year, my goal is to do more interviews. My goal is to do, um, more giveaways, um, those kinds of things. So I'm excited about continuing to do this. Uh, and I hope that those of you that are listening are just as excited, uh, to, to do listen so here we go new year what what do we want to talk about today do we want to talk about you know the things that happened and so a lot of people say that 2021 was a terrible year i mean i just don't see 2021 that way i don't see it as a terrible year were there things that happened that were not good yeah sure that's every year. There's always, you know, it doesn't matter what year it is. There are things that happen that that uh, that make people unhappy. But I don't think that there was for me personally. Twenty twenty one was a fantastic year. We, I got married, great thing. I got two dogs, two new dogs, great thing. My son uh started his freshman year of college great thing my daughter graduated uh finished her master's degree and started her career so all in all you know the year the year was very successful and so I guess what is the difference between those who think that 2021 was such a terrible year and those who thought it was you know either an okay or above average year or, you know, a great year. It boils down to those that are, to me, it boils down to those that are absolutely terrified to go outside and, you know, live your life because you're afraid of what your government is telling you about a, you know, virus that is going to be with us forever. So if 2021 was bad because of coronavirus for you, because you believe that, you know, you have to shelter in place and 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 live your life behind, you know, four walls and talk to people through windows, I, I don't see that going away for you. I don't see where you're ever going to get to a point where you're going to be able to have some semblance of a normal life. As for me personally, I again, I chose not to do that. I still go out and do the things that I've always done. Um, Are you cautious about it? Sure. I mean, do you do the things that you feel you need to do to help minimize or prevent? Sure. Absolutely. Um, And and I'm not saying that you shouldn't do those things or that you should. It's your choice. You should decide to do what you want to do. But I think on a happiness scale... You have to be able to, you know, open up the front door of your house, walk outside, jump in your car and go see a movie, uh, jump in your car and go do whatever, go to the theme parks, go to whatever. Because probably a bigger killer than COVID is depression. And when you are doing nothing all day but sitting inside the four walls, of a home, and, and excluding yourself from the world, you're putting yourself in a much worse position, I feel, by depressing yourself, by being so scared of everything, and not living your life. I mean, keep in mind, folks, life is short. You don't have, we don't, you know, we don't have a super amount of time on this earth. As individuals, so why you would choose to take a a percentage of that time and just lock yourself up and and you know withdraw from society, I guess you could say, other than through electronic means and not having any human interaction in person, is beyond me. And you're, I think, I feel like you're doing more harm to yourself than good by doing that. So again, to each his own, I mean, I don't know. They talk about these variants and how, you know, each variant, obviously they're variants, so they're different, but, you know, Delta was the, was the vicious one. Delta was the one that was going to, well, you know, they aren't even talking about Delta anymore now that Omicron is out, but Omicron has been shown to be less lethal, less uh, I guess, what's the word, um, the, the symptoms of Omicron are, are a lot less than what Delta was supposed to, now, for, for me, I've never met anybody who had the Delta variant, and I've never met anyone who has Omicron, so, I, I mean, I've heard people who've gotten COVID, but, uh, I, they don't the people I know have never differentiated that they had X or Y or Z, just that they had COVID. Um, but again, nobody that I know has been hospitalized with COVID. So I, I don't know. I mean, they keep telling they keep telling us that this is happening all over the place. Yet I've never met anybody that I'm aware of or that I remember that you know had super significant um reaction to covid where they had to be hospitalized they had you know yeah did they go to the hospital sure they went to the hospital when they were sick and they got told they had covid and then they came home they weren't on ventilators and they weren't laying in a hospital bed i'm not downplaying those that that happened to or the folks that you know had severe reactions to it but i've just never met them i've never nobody in my life nobody in my you know chris chris's world um has had those types of reactions to this virus so it's it's a little bit harder for me to to uh, believe that it's as rampant and so as deadly as they say it is when I and and the other thing is too is you know there they always, you know, if somebody famous dies and they had COVID, you know, they automatically said they died due to complications of COVID. Well, that's not necessarily true either. Because what other, what other conditions did 90% of those people have, or 100% of those people have? I mean, you go back and look, um, and, and a lot of them had some severe other conditions that yes, what if they got COVID, obviously, it's another depletion on their immune system. But that depletion was already there because of something else so i don't know i mean live your life how you want to live your life just i i had 2021 was not a bad year for me i still saw my friends uh we still went to gun raffles i still went hunting Uh, we still did all these things we still went out to restaurants and ate um you know even though you know my county here in frederick Maryland. Um, has just put out that uh, you know they've they've re re implemented uh, a mask mandate uh, for eating out at restaurants and stuff, uh, but whatever. I mean, again, stupid stupid things like that are not going to stop us from living our lives and doing the things that we want to do. They're just not. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. I get that people thought that 2021 was so horrible but i don't know how much of that did you bring on yourself by just having the fear of the boogeyman around the corner that's coming to get you when that boogeyman if you consider the coronavirus a boogeyman it ain't going away anytime soon so you're gonna have to figure out whether or not you're gonna let that control your life or if you're going to just take the precautions that you feel you need to take and continue to live your life the way you want to live it. So as for the future of the show, so this year my goal is going to be to try to get many more interviews on a bunch of topics, not just politics. Um, Although, you know, it is an election year, so uh, I am going to try to get uh, not just local politicians, uh, in my area, but, uh, national politicians, I'm going to attempt to get, uh, congressmen, um, maybe a Senator or two, um, to come on the show and talk about issues that, you know, we as the American citizenry, uh, are facing and the things that are important, because i i get a i get a sense a lot of times that the things that are the things that politicians think are the important issues to the American people, the American people have a different view of what is an important issue to them. Or you know, they like to use what's the term they use the the kitchen table issues, and then they and then they bring up you know and then they throw out their you know talking points of build back better or something like that those are not the kitchen table issues that Americans necessarily care about what we care about is that you know i think it's i think they said 13 states i think this year are raising their minimum wage in an effort to get up to $15 an hour well that's great but when inflation's 6.8% you raising somebody's salary by 3% or 2.6% doesn't do anything to help those families. I mean, a raise is a raise, I guess, but with it, you know, and they're not sure, you know, last I checked, they're not sure when inflation is going to come back down. And it's not projected to be probably this year. I mean, they're pretty much looking at inflation staying where it is for, for this year. So you're talking 6.8%. Um, which is the highest inflation rate in 40 years. Um, and, you know, so giving somebody cents on the dollar more, you know, in a raise really isn't doing anything when inflation, the inflation percentage is double the salary increase. Now, I mean, raise salary 6.8% to match inflation. There's some states, I think, that are doing that, but most aren't. I think there's like four or five states that are, you know, doing something to try to match inflation, but there's 13 or 15 states that are not, they're not even close. They're not even half. So it's great, I guess, that politicians think that that's what's going to help people, but it's not. What's going to help people is driving down inflation, fixing the supply chain, fixing the southern border, you know. Gas prices, I think our gas prices here came down, I think, two or three cents over the last month. Uh, that's good, I guess, but there's no reason that it shouldn't be down 45 or 50 cents by now. It's been the highest, it's been, you know, over $3 a gallon for regular gas for more than six months. So there's a lot of things that matter to us as Americans that I think is a disconnect from those that are sitting on their high altars in government and they don't get it. So I want to bring them on and I want to talk to them about those things because those are the things that are important to us. And those are the things that are going to make our lives better. And, you know, and I, it's the same thing with them. You can't keep using the pandemic as an excuse to not do shit. And that's, what, that's always the excuse. Oh, it's a pandemic. Oh, we're in the middle of a pandemic. No, we're not. We have a president who promised a year ago, before a year ago, actually, because it was when he was still on the campaign trail, After, even when before he was elected and from the time he's been elected, which was November of last year, that he had the fix and he was going to eradicate COVID. And what we're finding out is he really had no plan there's really nothing in place that, that they were going to do. I mean, just look at the testing, you know, they talk about, you know, oh, we have to get all these testing. Well, the opportunities, opportunities have been there to get the, to, to buy, you know, massive amounts of these tests and it wasn't done. I mean, now they're trying to do it. And, you know, some of it's probably political staging because it is an election year and, you know, they want something to happen, you know, prior to the, you know, right close to, or prior, just prior to the election where they can say, oh, we've had success with this, but what about the last year? When it's more important for you to have a win or to try to get a win in an election at the expense of a year of having people afraid and, or suffering and, or just, you know, scared, Is that really what's most beneficial to the country? No, it's what's most beneficial to you to to maintain or to attempt to maintain control and power in the government. So I think they're out of touch. I'd love to talk to some of them. I'm going to be reaching out. I've reached out to some already, Um, uh, but I I plan on reaching out to a lot more. And we're going to do some local folks from around here in my area uh who are up for election here in twenty twenty two and talk to them. I have a seventeen year old uh kid who lives down the street who's running for uh the county commissioners board. Um we're gonna try to get him on so that he can talk about, you know, his campaign. He he had to wait. He started early, obviously he has signs and everything out, but uh he's not eighteen yet. So uh, I think he has to wait until he's 18, but by the time the election comes around, he'll be 18, so he'll be able to run. And hope, you know, let's we'll see. I, I think he's a I think he's pretty conservative, so we'll uh, we'll just have to see. Uh, and I'll try to get him on, and we'll talk to him and see what his ideas are. And and you know, if he's somebody that we we really want to support, and I, I, everything I've heard, he sounds like a, a great kid. He sounds like he has some good ideas. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. And the other thing that I want to do is I want to hear more from you all. I want to hear what your ideas and plans are for this new year. So send an email to agpodcast13 at yahoo.com. That's agpodcast13, the numbers, at yahoo.com. And tell me what your plans are. For 2022, Or tell me how your year, how your 2021 went. Did it go good? Did it go bad? I know, you know, I know people who went out and took a lot of risks in 2021. Uh, I have a friend who's a masseuse who worked at a company, uh, a mas- massage company. Um, and she finally ventured out on her own. So she's starting off a whole new chapter in her life. Uh, during this supposed terrible time. Um, But, you know, she took that risk and she, you know, and she's out there and she's pushing forward with her dream of having her own company and doing her own thing. Uh, So, you know, I want to hear, I want to hear what you all did in 2021 and I want to hear what you plan on doing in 2022. How do you plan on, you know, they always say getting back to normal. Um, I say, stay normal. How are you? How are you planning on staying normal in your new year? Moving on, because again, this this isn't going away. This, I don't think there's any signs that coronavirus is going to just magically disappear. But how do you plan on living your life? That's what I want to hear. I'd love to get emails from you on that. We got a lot of big things that are coming up this year. A lot of big court decisions that are that are coming up. And while we're on court decisions, uh, I don't know if y'all were paying attention. The uh, police officer who accidentally shot a young man in his car, she was convicted. Um, and rightfully so. I mean, uh, she admitted she did what she did. She, it was an accident. Um, but she was convicted and, you know, I, I don't necessarily disagree with that. Um, Gisling or <laughs> I always call her Gislaine just cause I think it's funny, but I think it's Gislaine or whatever her name is, Maxwell. Uh, she was convicted. She hasn't been sentenced yet. Um, but that's coming. So good for her. Uh, she'll be spending somewhere upwards of the next 60 years in jail for what she did with Epstein and, you know, all that good stuff. Uh, Juicy Smollett was convicted. Um, To my knowledge, he has not been sentenced yet, but we'll see what happens there. There's a a lot of things circling around that one because the DA there, you know, she's the one who refused to file charges in the first place until I think the federal government got some level of involvement in her BS um and then he was tried and convicted so we'll see what happens with him but the big ones the supreme court this year they uh, you know we're gonna have some obviously the hot button topics of the second amendment which they heard the case in november uh, and also a abortion case that they heard in november december those decisions will probably be out somewhere anywhere it could be really be anywhere between april and june um but we'll see uh we've also got the supreme court uh looking at the mandate issue the federal government mandate issue for vaccinations on private businesses uh so for this one the federal government has uh, you know, through using the Department of Labor is has put out a mandate that any company with over a hundred employees they have to they have to mandate vaccinations. Obviously, it's been challenged in court. Initially, it was stayed, then the Court of Appeals um reversed that, and now it's at the Supreme Court, and I believe Justice Kavanaugh is the one reviewing that case and he has asked the biden administration to provide briefs on you know in opposition to what has been filed by the people that have petitioned them so we'll see how that goes you know that that's a big deal can the federal government mandate how private business operates Uh, most people that listen to this i would think the answer would be no. My answer is certainly no. Um, but we'll see, we'll see what comes of it. Uh, the second amendment case that they heard, um, that has to do with your right to carry a firearm outside your home, uh, you know, in your vehicle or whatever. It's a New York case. And that's basically what happened is guy got pulled over. He had a gun in his car. And he was charged and all kinds of stuff with it. And so it's made its way all the way to the Supreme court. So that's going to have a huge impact on laws in a lot of states that are kind of anti second amendment, not kind of, they are, uh, like California, my home, my state right now of Maryland, uh, New York, those are going to be big decisions. And then you've got the abortion case, uh, which. You know, I think that the left is kind of pushing it as, you know, the overturning of Roe v. Wade. I'm not really sure it reaches that level. Um, But it certainly uh, narrows, uh, well, it could narrow the scope of Roe v. Wade in some instances, I believe. It basically is going to determine whether or not states have the, right to legislate when a woman can have an abortion you know based on based on you know how far along in pregnancy they are so we'll see what happens with those i mean all three of those are are really big uh constitutional cases uh they're gonna either strengthen existing laws or they're going to, you know, damage the ability of states to uh, legislate rights. But again, the federal government is trying to legislate private business. So uh, it'll be interesting. It's going to be an interesting uh, year to see what decisions are made on those things, because those things do affect virtually every single person you know unless you're a federal government employee um some some of those decisions are going to be very very important to the day-to-day lives of a lot of americans so we'll see what happens with them we'll be back in just a sec so hey folks welcome back uh so i think another thing about this year on the show is I, I'm getting my wife on here because I think you all need to hear and you, you guys need to, to make a, a decision. You know, you guys always hear my version of events of, of how things happen. And this is what I get. So she'll listen to the podcast and then I'll get a phone call or I'll get a text or I'll get, you know, she'll be sitting in the, in the room after she she'll come into the room after she listens to it and and i'll get the you didn't tell the whole story well i don't intentionally leave important stuff out of the stories that i tell you about her but she always seems to think that i that i leave out things that you all need to know that don't put her in such a light that it makes her look like you know the bad guy so we're definitely going to have her on and and I'd be willing to bet that it's probably the first time will probably be sometime this month because because she's going to want to come on and talk about the, you know, did she try to poison me or did she not issue? Or, you know, I haven't even gotten into, you know, this past week during hunting season. You know, I'm not going to get into it cuz I, you know, I want her to, you know, she's going to get upset if I tell y'all without her version being in there she says it was safety reasons but i yeah i don't know or the fact that you know she pretended to be sick after you know i said oh my god are you trying to poison us and by the way her son her youngest son my stepson uh you know made a hilarious comment uh about a week after that whole you know, I was sick incident where he had been sick. He got sick right after I got sick. And after he was, you know, he had 24, 48 hours where he wasn't feeling real well. And then after he was all done and he, you know, he was vomiting and, you know, had diarrhea, he was sick. Um, and he came out and he said, Oh, I feel so much better now that I've gotten rid of all that stuff. Mom tried to poison me with out of my system. <laughs> So that went over well, as you as you can imagine, I, I even though I had no influence over him making that comment and he just made that comment, uh, it still didn't go over well for me. Uh, so we're definitely going to have her on the show because you all need to hear what she has to say and then you decide. We'll let you decide, you know, whose version of events makes more sense or the, the reasoning behind why something happened or didn't happen makes more sense. I think that's going to be exciting. That's going to be a fun part uh, of this year is, is uh, getting her more involved uh, in some of the episodes now. And you know, things happen all the time where, you know, I may just spur of the moment, just bring her on and say, Hey, this is the question. What do you think about it? Just to get her. And, you know, it, it <laughs> I just think you guys are going to enjoy some of that. So we're definitely going to do that. Um, what do y'all think is going to be happening with our current administration during this year? Do you think things are going to get better for them? I mean, is there any signs that anybody can point me to that? That demonstrate that we're on a we're on a turn. Now, it always amazes me when I go on any kind of social media or anything like that where they're talking about how great everything is. You know we're talking mostly about the liberal media. they're talking about how great everything is and how successful you know this president has been in his first year. but I just don't see it. I hear him saying it, but I don't see it happening. And you you know anytime you try to you try to say something to any of these folks that are really supporting it, you don't really ever get a response as to what what is so great in your life what what has changed so drastically in your life that has made it so great over the last year? What you didn't have to read about mean tweets? I mean, because that's really the extent of what I feel like is, you know the only thing that they can possibly. I mean, there is definitely a ton of buyers' remorse out there. I mean, Joe Biden's approval ratings for the first time, uh, the last couple of weeks have dipped down below Kamala Harris's. Now, Kamala Harris is there's no way that she's ever going to run for president. And now they're so bad, his poll numbers are so bad, and her poll numbers are so bad. They're talking about Michelle Obama running for the Democratic nomination in 2024. I mean, that's how bad it is. All, all the, I mean, they're not even going to a Clinton. They're going to, Michelle, although there is a rumor out there that Hillary has talked, you know, she's starting to make, become more and more involved publicly again uh, in potentially an effort to see whether or not she may decide to throw her hat in the ring again in 2024. I highly doubt that's going to happen, but you never know. I mean, they don't have a whole bunch to choose from, but I thought it was funny that they were, that they're now throwing the idea of Michelle Obama running for the 2024 nomination. First of all, she has, what has she ever done? What She's never been in charge of anything. She's never run anything. Being the first lady doesn't automatically qualify you to run a fucking country or to run a grocery store or to run a car wash or to run anything. So I'm not sure why that. Now, don't get me wrong. I think she would get a ton of votes just because her name is Michelle Obama. Uh, But is she qualified to run anything? I don't think so. And that's not to say that, I mean, I don't know. She might be the smartest fucking person in the world. I don't know. She could be. But she has no qualifications whatsoever. I mean, we've seen how that how that works out in Congress. I mean, you got AOC, you've got Tlaib. Although Tlaib, I think, was a uh, state congresswoman or in their state assembly or whatever they call it. Um, you know, the squad, the rest of the squad, none of them had any political experience and they're a train wreck. They're a train wreck in a good way, and a bad way. They're in a good way that, you know, they've completely destroyed their own party. Their party can't get a consensus on virtually anything because, you know, the, the squad wants everything to be so much more progressive and so much more liberal and you know, pretty much socialist. Whereas the main part of the party doesn't lean quite that far left and, and wants nothing to do with it. So there's a lot of infighting. Um, I think they're up to 24 or 25, uh, Congress, congressmen and women or senators that are not seeking reelection on the democratic side. I think it's 12 on the Republican side. So, I mean, they see the writing on the wall for this year. I think, um, and I don't blame them. I, you know, they're not going to be in the majority, and their life is going to be hell. They're not going to be able to do any any of this stuff that they promised since Biden. I, I was reading a thing. I think Politifact put out a um, a chart for promises that Biden has made, and and what what he's kept, which promises he's kept. Every single one of the promises he's kept, none of them involve legislation. Like, every single one of them is just, like, some stupid shit he could do with an executive order that didn't require the legislature to enact some sort of law to get it done. Which means that he didn't really do anything. He just signed a piece of paper and, you know, some policy, not law, policy, was changed or removed. But that's easy. So of the I believe 48 promises that he made, he's kept 7, and absolutely none of them were legislative. So he's done he's been successful in nothing legislative in his first year. With the House and with the Senate in his party, run by his party. He's he's done nothing legislatively. He's been able to push nothing through legislatively that in and of itself is a huge failure if you own all three branch or you know two of the three branches of government and the two branches of government that you own are the white house and the congress and you can't get stuff done legislatively that's a problem that's a that's a that's an internal problem for your party because you're in control how many times did we hear Uh, I think during the Bush administration, where, oh, well, he had the Senate and he had the House for two years and he couldn't get anything done. But when Obama had the House and the Senate for his first two years, uh, you know, it it was all, well, you know, the Republicans wouldn't know. And they're trying to do the same thing now. They're trying to blame the Republicans for not getting anything through when it, in fact, is their own party that is stopping them. Thankfully. Thankfully, stopping them from pushing through these massive spending bills. So he's got a real big problem. The Democratic Party has a real big problem. I wouldn't be surprised after November to see uh, that Nancy Pelosi is throwing her name out there as uh, someone who's retiring because there's no way in hell she doesn't want to be speaker anymore. She she doesn't want to continue to serve, which, by the way, I find the other thing I find interesting is uh, it appears That uh, old Nancy has just bought a, and her husband have just bought a uh, a nice big estate down in Florida. They don't want to live in California anymore. I don't understand why. I mean, all the policies and all the things that are in place out in California are stuff that she supports nationally, but she wants to move to a state that does that does the exact opposite of what she's advocating for everyone else to live by. So that's just an interesting tidbit. Um, but I think you're going to see a lot more of them are going to retire, not seek reelection and uh, and just, you know, accept the bloodbath that is about to occur just about 11 months from now. Another thing that I thought was funny this week was uh, our good liberal friend, Bette Midler. Uh, you know, got on her social media and her high horse and started talking about the how many or how West Virginia is illiterate. There, there are a bunch of illiterates who, you know, elect Joe Manchin. You know, this was all about Joe Manchin not supporting the old, you know, $3.5 trillion build back better bullshit plan. Um, but the West Virginians were illiterate. Well, I went back and looked. So last year, uh, by last year I mean 2020, because of course statistics for 2021 aren't out yet. The illiteracy rate in, or the, I'm sorry, the literacy rate, so the people that could read, write that kind of stuff, in West Virginia was 84%. Guess what the literacy rate in New York was, where Bette Midler calls home, her home state. 76% 76% guess what the literacy rate in California was 78% so the state that you're calling illiterate has better literacy than the state you live in and the state that you think you know is the all high and mighty you know promised land of California so another liberal out there jabbing her jaws about shit that she has no idea about. Go figure. Good job, (coughs) bet. Good job, bet. Way to, uh, way to make yourself look like a jackass liberal one more time. I just want to understand why these people, if you're going to, if you're going to go out and tweet or, or put on social media of any kind, a comment, wouldn't you think with all the time that you have on your hands and all the resources that you have in your hands, you would at least go do a little bit of homework. I mean, it took me all of like three minutes to find, I mean, I I think I typed in Google literacy rates by state, and that's what came up immediately. So it probably took me less than two and a half minutes to get the, the answer to my question of, okay, so what, you know, what is the literacy rate of West Virginia versus California and New York, which are, you know, the two liberal hotbeds? Didn't take any time. I certainly don't have the time and the resources that you do bet to go and check that. But I did. And it didn't take anything. And you're an idiot. Anyway, folks, I look forward to doing this uh, all year season two. I think we're going to have a lot of great topics this year. I'll see you guys next week. Don't forget spread the link, send it to other people. Let's build the channel. Go on Facebook. If you have Facebook search for anything goes podcast group, uh, you can join and that'll help build the, that'll help build the channel as well. Anyway, I hope you all had a great new year. I hope 2022, uh, kicks off for you in a great way. And I'll talk to you all again next week.